0: Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today I brought on Dr. Pranay Parikh as our special guest. He is a medical doctor, serial entrepreneur, and podcast host. And if you haven't checked it out, make sure to... Tune in, subscribe, rate, and review. His podcast is called From MD to Entrepreneur. And his unconventional journey to medicine helped him to learn the skills to excel in entrepreneurship and real estate. And over the past 16 months, he's bought over $200 million in real estate and helped hundreds of others invest in real estate without being a landlord. So Pernay, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, doing really well. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Renee, can you give us a little bit of a background of who you are, what your focus is, and how did you get started within real estate, especially being a doctor in this space?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, you know, I went the traditional medicine route, went to med school, uh, residency, and all that, you know, and it wasn't a completely straight line, but, you know, somehow I survived and uh, became a full fledged doctor. But I knew after that, It was what I did with my money and not how much money I made. Right. So I bought my first four unit about 14 months after I had finished. And I thought that's what I'd do, buy one a year and retire in five years. Because you know, they're a lot bigger here in Los Angeles, the properties. And after my first property, I spent hundreds of hours looking for it. And I was thinking my wife was saying that should have just been working. You know, I had nothing to show for all those hours and that's when i found passive real estate i found that you could partner with people invest with them kind of like you invest in coke or apple or tesla you know and they do 95% of the work but you get most of the benefits including the tax benefits which was super important to me as a doctor you know as a high wage earning w2 so then i looked around i was like how do i learn this stuff how do i f- vet these deals how do i find them and i realized that there wasn't much out there at the time this was many years ago so my business partner and i we created a course we thought we've taught thousands of people how to find deals vet them negotiate terms and all that stuff. And, you know, we thought we were done, but a lot of people took our course and, uh, they said, Hey, you know, now that we know how to do this, uh, you know, we're a little too busy. You know, we, we have our own practice or we, you know, we have all these side gigs that we want to do. You guys are investing in your own deals. You're vetting them. why don't you just let us invest with you and maybe we can get better terms, better deals. And that's how Ascent Equity Group got started. You know, first deal, we were able to get a little bit more preferred return, which is money that comes out of the property first before anyone else, uh, because we aggregated about $3 million. Um, Over time, we've gotten more and more people and now we can take down whole deals ourselves.
0: So, for the course that you built out, was it geared primarily to other physicians in the space as well?
1: It was for uh, really any professional. It is high yield, so it's you know gets you in about four weeks to not knowing anything about real estate to being able to confidently invest. So, you know, it's geared to be as chock full of information, but also trim the fat. You're not going to be able to go out and do your own deals, but it gets you 80% of the way there. And the rest of it is just trial and error. So it's what is the minimal you need to be successful in this and nothing more, because we know that people are busy and we, you know, it's not like college where you're learning all these other liberal arts and all this other stuff. No, this is very targeted with only the information you need
0: as people as other investors started to take your course for, for passive investing and learning you know how they can invest in real estate without necessarily being a landlord themselves what was the most recurring thought that they had or something that was like the most important to them as they were like looking and learning about real estate and investing this way that
1: they can do it you know despite being super successful doctors lawyers pharmacists a lot of people feel that, you know, maybe they're not good at math or they were told that in the past and that's that's why they went into medicine or law.
0: Really? Uh, oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Other people became CPAs, right? The number people or the investment bankers, you know, and we we picked a different trade. Funnily enough, there's actually a lot of math in medicine, but people tend to ignore it and a lot of numbers But, uh, you know, you get told these things and um, I read a lot about young children because I I have an 18 month old, but a lot of times we cripple ourselves by just saying, oh, I'm not good at math. And that actually carries over to your children. So if you say that, if you say you're not good at math, then your kids are going to believe they're not good at math because they inherited it from you. And, you know, the research has shown that, you know, it's not one person's good at math or not, you know, it's just a lot of the beliefs and, you know. A lot of times it's kind of this woo woo, it's all your mindset, but it really is. You know, a lot of times we're our worst enemy. And half of the battle uh, in doing a course, a course that has a very specific topic, is getting people to believe that they can actually do this
0: a lot of times it tends to be how we're conditioned to think and especially at the young age. And we don't really think about it until you know years down the line. You're like, well, why do I think about it this way? What kind of drove me to make these decisions? And then you look back and you're like, oh, I, I can point to certain times or certain environments that kind of conditioned me kind of to think about things in a certain way or make decisions or hold myself back from doing certain things because I've always been taught this. And I just thought that this is just the right way that everybody else does it. And so it's kind of interesting over time as we meet other people, how our mindset starts to shift and how we start to look at things a little bit differently as we grow and expand um, if we we allow ourselves to.
1: A lot of times, and it it is especially true with women, you know, women are supposed to be quote unquote, not good at math, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate because there was literally no difference in, in terms of math ability and other stuff. Right. But because that is in the culture, then that gets carried forward. And, you know, these little girls are growing up thinking that they're not going to be good at math and it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? And so a lot of, uh, and I, I know we're veering off, but, uh, a lot of, uh, having young girls, young daughters is teaching them the right thing. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that we learn as parents actually can be carried forward, right? Uh, And teaching these otherwise highly successful people that you actually, you know, this math is actually pretty simple. We have calculators, like you can do this and it's reversing, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of training that they got over time.
0: So how does that work or what kind of process do you take people through as they are trying to get over their limiting beliefs and overcoming those fear of I'm not good at math or I I can't do certain things and then to actually moving forward to take action.
1: It's a very gentle uh, cycle that you have to do. You know, you have to give them that a little bit outside of their comfort zone. And easily doable, right? So, and there's multiple ways of doing this. Um, you know, ours is a four week course where we have things that are pretty simple. We have, we build a community. So you realize that there's hundreds of other doctors that are taking the course with you. At the same time, you have the shared background of medicine. And if they can do it, then you can probably do it, you know, and, having ample support and, you know, we have a pretty low dropout rate. We offer refunds for whatever reason, you know, uh, and I think a lot of people, uh, it's just showing them that other people can do it, inspiring them, just like your podcast inspires all these people that have W2s and want to get into real estate. You know, they wonder, do they have the time, but they see the people that you have on and talk to them and listen to them and they're like oh yeah if he or she can do it then we can as well and that's kind of what we do with the course and the course goal is to get you to invest in passive real estate because that will get you closer to your goal you know it's a it's a means to an end right and for most of us it's spend more time with family maybe less time at work and that gives us the freedom and flexibility to really be who we are and really have more fulfillment in life
0: When you decided to start getting involved in real estate and looking at different ways and building up the course, what was the one thing, especially being a high income earner, a medical professional, that you had to overcome or that you had to, in a sense, not overcome, but like in a sense that you'd have to accommodate to be able to do both your medical job and then also be an entrepreneurship and then sharing what you're learning with other people in your industry and your network?
1: you know, there's a, there's a Nobel prize winner in physics, Joan Feynman. And he says the way he learns is that when he reads something, he assumes he's going to have to teach it to someone. And he's like, I'm only so smart because people keep asking me to teach them stuff. And so whenever I learn something, I expect that I'll teach it to someone or, you know, I'll send it, to, you know, we have some mastermind WhatsApp groups, or sometimes I just do it. Uh, we call it a lives where I just jump. Uh, I have one later today where I just jump on a webinar. it's completely live recorded, and I will just teach something that potentially I had learned a half an hour earlier, you know. Um, but that's one of the skills. I, I think you know, one of my skills is being able to take difficult to learn topics and try to make it easy to understand. And we kind of do that for the real estate company as well. You know, we take this difficult stuff buying large apartment complexes, and we make it easy for people to digest. And so they're able to invest in us and in our deals.
0: What was the best strategy that you've been able to use to simplify certain terms and and real estate terminology and the concepts so that it makes it more easy for people to digest?
1: It's all about metaphors. How can someone see something in their life that we see all the time and uh, attach significance to it. So for example, our company, we raise money for deals, but what we also do is asset management. And that's that's kind of a unique position in real estate. So what I tell people is, you know, we partner with someone that runs a day-to-day. So if you had a 7-Eleven, you owned it yourself. Say you're working in it 9 to 5 every day, right? You're exhausted when you get home. Do you really have time to think about how you're going to increase revenue, should you move the slurping machine to the left or right, you know, you're you're not going to have time to think about it. And then you have to go to work again. But because we partner with someone that does the day to day, you know, just like if you own that 7-Eleven, but someone else worked on it, you could focus on how are you going to maximize profit? You know, how are you going to decrease expenses? That's kind of what we do. Because we partner with someone that runs the day to day, um, we're really there and able to to maximize profits. So I, I think when you break it down, something like as difficult to understand as asset management into something that people see or hear or feel in a di- uh, a daily basis, I think it just makes it easier for people to understand. And if you can't do that, then maybe you don't understand it as well as you can. And you know, that's happened to me. People would be like, uh, yeah, I don't get it. Oh, I have to go back to the drawing board and you're like okay how do i simplify this even more
0: we love hosting this show when we started this podcast we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves now we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you our listener at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. I think when you're talking about your journey also earlier, you said you first started about thinking about buying one fourplex every five years. And then in within five years, you'll be able to retire. When you went from that model to investing in like the multifamily syndication space, what was that difference like? And then would you, if you were to go back again, would you start off with? Purchasing the first fourplex first and then getting into it? Or would you jump into syndications? Would you change anything differently about how you did things in the past?
1: It's kind of hard to say because I like where I am right now. And if I didn't make the choices or even mistakes that I made in the past, then who knows where I'd be, right? I think so. The plan was initially to buy one fourplex um, or, you know, threeplex every year for five years, you know, and that would get. Maybe ten thousand in cash flow per month, uh, and cover my expenses, right? Uh, plus some. And there was a a friend at the time, uh, Eric Tate, who also is in the real estate, uh, space. But he said, you know, like figure out what your end goal is, and why don't you just skip to it? Do you really have to go through all the stuff that uh, normal people do? So, you know, most people will do single family homes and duplexes and fourplexes, and they'll get like a 10 and 20 and 50, you know, and a hundred and move on. Like, why can't you just skip to the 200 or maybe 150, right? And we have kind of done that. Our first, uh, you know, because we're doctors, uh, a lot of people we didn't really know what we shouldn't have done or couldn't do, uh, so we just did it. You know, our first deal was three million dollars, which is kind of a lot for our first deal. Our second deal was a ten million dollar fund, and then after that, we started taking down whole deals. You know, eight to fifteen million dollar, and that's just the money we're putting in. So, you know, the deals we bought are cost anywhere from 50 to $100 million. So we've been buying some pretty big stuff. I didn't realize at the time that I couldn't do it. So I, I just did it. You know, I thought I was normal. So uh, all, that's all to say that a lot of the the learning that I did along the way and mistakes that I made, they kind of had to be done. You know, so I try not to think about that way. I just think about... Where where and how can I utilize my time? And especially when it comes to coaching, like how do I skip all these mistakes that either I have made in the past or other people have made? And that's what we've really been focusing on in the past six months and probably the next six to 12 months because there's so much volatility in the market. How do I... Make sure that my my investors have the least amount of mistakes or downturns or possible recession. How do I give them the highest chance for success? And so we're really focusing on ourselves. Like, how do we become the best team we can? Who can we bring on board? You know, um, a lot of people are firing people. You hear about Amazon, Meta, and uh, Twitter. That means there's going to be a lot of really great people available that are looking for jobs. And so our plan is to scoop them up and try to uh, get a lot of coaches and mentors along the way uh, so that you know we bought a quarter billion dollars worth of real estate in two years. But you know, why why can't we buy a billion and really get economies of scale and really make as big of an impact as we can?
0: When you're looking to partner with other people, and how does those conversations look like? And what kinds of things do you look for when you bring them to your investors and your network? So everyone
1: that comes to us has to be a referral. We don't, you know, very rarely will someone, we allow someone to come to us without be known by someone else, you know? And maybe they will, but then we'll ask our network who this person is, uh, what their track record, what their reputation is. So that's kind of a preliminary. Once you're in real estate, especially commercial real estate like we are, it's not a ton of players in there, you know, a couple hundred companies. There's like five or 10 law, law firms. There's a couple accounting firms, right? So everyone knows each other. And especially if you live in an area like a Los Angeles, uh, like I do, everyone definitely knows each other. Reputation is super important. Then because we're writing large checks, you know, we write an equity check. So down payment of eight to 15 million, right? So then the whole property will be worth anywhere from 20 to 80 million because we can do that. And that takes a lot of stress off the sponsor, the operator, and we help them with operations, meaning asset management, that when we say, Hey, we want to look at your books, uh, or, Hey, we want to go look at your properties. We want to talk to your property management. We're able to do a much deeper vetting process than Pranay, you know, limited partner can. And, uh, I think our, our limited partners or our investors really benefit from that much higher level of due diligence that we're able to do.
0: What is the current sentiment of real estate in the market currently right now that you're hearing from your investors, what you're seeing within your company and other operators and partners that you've worked with?
1: so we just closed a deal so i don't have any deals available right now but it was a $25 million deal and it closed in 7 days so you know people are excited it was a high cash flow play uh super safe 5% cash on cash debt service coverage ratio of 1.7 so that means it makes 70% more per month than it puts out in expenses uh, so that means like Super safe, right? Your The amount you make, revenue could go down a ton and you can still pay off your debt. Um, the down payment was 40%. So le- loan to cost is 60%, you know? normal people like you and I, we put down 20% and take a loan of 80%. So this is a lot more conservative. So I think because we've been moving in this direction, there's a lot of excitement uh, because what else do you do with your money? Do you hold on to it and have inflation lose buying power? Do you put in the stock market that's down 25%? Do you put in the bond market that's down 25%? Uh, I think there's a lot of excitement for real estate. Uh, Even if you know I tell people, hey, maybe we'll get you a 5% return. You know, we're predicting 15 plus, but maybe I get you a 5%. But if everything else is down 25%, then we consider that a win.
0: What's next for you and your company?
1: I think we're really trying to grow, um, uh, get into higher quality deals. So longer hold periods, more conservative. Uh, We have a couple partners that we're super excited to work with. Unfortunately, I can't talk about it yet, uh, but they have uh, 10 figures under management. So one of the benefits that our investors get is we have this crazy amount of sponsors that we've worked with and will work with in the future. So they really get institutional level deals, but without having to pay institutional level fees.
0: And Pranay, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far?
1: Other than being a ton of fun, it's really helped me do what I want. If you get money in every month that you don't necessarily have to go into the office for, uh, it just really gives you flexibility. You know, you can take time off. You can go to these masterminds. You can go to conferences that are a week long like I did. And... That way you can grow, you can build on yourself, right? Really the best investment you can make is an investment in yourself. But a lot of times you're not able to do that because you're so busy at work, you know? So having some money, being smart with your money, putting it in a place that's safe and gonna make you a decent return. You know, I'm not saying 20, 30, 40%, even though that has happened before, saying 10, 15% and it'll grow over time. But I, at a conference, I gave a lecture about that, you know the life that you want is a lot closer than you think a lot of us think we have to replace our salary right away you know but you can make significant change in your life by just working a little bit less maybe having a four-day weekend or three-day weekend and then a four-day weekend every week right or for a month right imagine if your next month you had all three or four-day weekends like that Be like, okay, yeah, that uh, January, man, I love January, you know, because that happens, and then you do it February, and then March, and so on, and it starts building up over time. It's going to take potentially five to ten years, but along the way, you'll really enjoy it and spend more time doing what you love, you know, spending time with family, doing hobbies, and stuff that all has to be sacrificed along the way.
0: Yeah, they say within real estate, it's not like a get rich quick kind of thing; it's more of a slow and steady, but get wealthy over time. And Pernay, what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started?
1: Just get started. There's no matter of books, conferences, podcasts that you can listen to that are going to prepare you more than 80%. You can any book, you know any of, look at look for top 5 books, listen to a couple podcasts and within a book or two, definitely in two books, you can learn 80% of real estate. The rest of it is just going out and doing, you know, and the chance of you losing all your money in real is very slim. Uh, it's not like stocks. The property itself, the land, all has value, right? So go, go out, get a little bit of knowledge, and then go out and uh, start doing, you know. And for the most, for most, you know, worst case, you can lose a couple thousand dollars. But consider that the cost of education. Uh, but if I if I knew better, I would have started right away.
0: If there's one book that. You really enjoyed reading uh, as you were building up your knowledge within real estate. Could you share?
1: Yeah, so there's um, Gary Keller, the one thing. It's you know a little bit of uh, real estate, but it's really just focusing on one thing. You know, and Gary Keller obviously has this real estate empire. So I think a lot of it is working on yourself, and then you know, pick any real estate book. Just like I said, Google like top three real estate books. I think there's like ABCs of real estate or real estate one, two, three. So one of those um, I remember reading long time ago, but it's pretty simple. You know, many people have bought their own house. They bought a rental. It's just taking that and taking that to the next level.
0: And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing?
1: it's to-doers, right? There's so many, you know, at the mastermind I was at recently, they called them entrepreneurs, right? They,
0: That's the they first wanted... time I've heard of that. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So it was the seven stages of uh, entrepreneurship, right? So he, uh, I'll try to remember it. It's entrepreneurs at the beginning, like 95% of people there. And then the side gig and then full-time entrepreneur and then CEO and then Owner and then investor. So that was, I think that was six or seven. Yeah. But this so that's a different level. Basically, you want to start, you want to start something, right? It's part-time. So you're a side gig. Then it becomes full-time. You're able to take your whole salary, right? And you know, maybe you take a pay cut. Most of us do, right? But you're working for yourself. And then you get out of the business, right? You hire other people, you're the CEO, right? And then you hire a CEO and you're the owner. Right. And then when you're doing really well, you're an investor. You take that money and you invest in other people's businesses. So you kind of work your way up.
0: And Pranay, where's the best place that our listeners can find out more about you and what you're doing?
1: Yeah. So the real estate company is called Ascent Equity Group and it's ascentequitygroup.com. You can sign up for our email list. You want to get more information about real estate. My email, direct email is Prune. P-R-A-N-A-Y at Ascent Equity group.com. and my podcast is on is on Apple, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. It's called From MD to Entrepreneur.
0: Awesome. Pranay, thank you so much for all of your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. That was fun.
0: And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review.